I choppy? No, you're good. I'm just trying to blame someone else other than you. Um, <laughs> I could... Is it, like, constant or just happens every now and then? It happens every now and then. You sound good now. Okay. We need to get the show on the road. Let's go ahead and, uh, you know, let's talk about some things. It's kind of weird to start without music. Don't we usually not start with music? We do, but I've listened to so much of our podcast at this point. I, like, expect music. Oh, I see. Like, yeah. when, I, when I'm, like, listening to it before we release it. Uh, the last episode, I was listening in my car, and you asked a question, and I almost answered it in my car. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's kind of the effect we so. want our listeners to have, where they feel like, <laughs> I've I've actually been lost in a podcast before where... I'll like uh I'll at least nod my head and like audibly say like yeah man and be like oh <laughs> I'm by myself yeah. or I'm For at work sure. with headphones on. Yeah, um it's pretty funny. Uh Carl, we need to talk, man. Oh yeah, what's up? Yeah. Um jingles. Jingles are pretty cool. <laughs> and uh I appreciate all the hard work you're putting into our jingles. But uh <laughs> that Batman jingle <laughs> You couldn't, you could, you couldn't, couldn't put a little more work into that one. <laughs> Look, you didn't give me much to work with, uh, and uh, so it just ended up being the only way to do it. it. If when people hear it, they're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, this is the logical way. <laughs> this makes the know. most sense." Uh, we might have to uh, revisit that one. <laughs> uh, I'll be I'll be posting it in the uh, episode seven when I release that. <laughs> so when you're hearing this, you would have already heard it. But since we're talking about it and you're currently giving me shit for it, let me uh, let me play it for everybody so that everybody's got it fresh in their minds. Uh, <laughs> let's see if this works. Batman, he's emotionally crippled. His parents are dead. That's why he wears bat ears on his head. Batman. <laughs> so bad. It's, I find it charming. <laughs> uh, it's a good, it's a good um, draft one. <laughs> we, might, we might improve that a little bit in future. <laughs> I don't know how you can, man. Uh, it's perfectly in time. It has two instruments. It has a piano and a stand-up bass. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. Get, I didn't I want to do horns, but for some reason, uh, I couldn't get the horns in there. But uh, I feel like the minimalist <laughs> approach was the best. It's it's the apple of of jingles. <laughs> All right. I still want to take some time to realize the real full potential of some of these. Uh, jingles <laughs> where we can like actually record i have the ability to record good ones but i think the joke of you riff something and then i make a jingle out of it we're now at a point where we should probably just make good ones because the I, I don't know if people know this but the intro and outro is both original music from both of us the first song is something that Noah and i worked on together uh just as as a little fun project we're really into like synth wave and retro rock, like 80s stuff. And we actually named it In the Streets just because it just felt like the most like super 80s title. <laughs> and then the outro is something that Noah did on his own, just doing like pure synth wave stuff. Uh, they came out really good and we don't have to pay anybody jack for it. So yeah, if you like those, tell us if you like them. But 
if you don't, we're still going to use them because they're free <laughs> and no one else has them. Well, we'll say jingles uh, will probably only get better with time. And uh, I, I, I hate to throw a new jingle on you every episode, Carl. Jesus Christ. But I think I'm going to throw a new jingle right, on you every let's episode. Do it. Let's I, hear think it. We, I think we need a jingle for when we have a new jingle. <laughs> okay. Do you got one? <laughs> Riff it. Maybe. It'll be my last one. It'll be our farewell tour of uh, jingles. <laughs> jingles, they're jangling. That's it. Okay. That's all I want. That's good. I might actually keep the that's it, that's all I want in the song. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, you're on a separate track anyway, so I can do whatever I well, want. Well, we should probably introduce the podcast. Yeah. So uh, welcome to this episode of Play With It. It may be episode eight, but we're not really sure. We talk uh, toys, board games, and other things that we should have outgrown. I'm flying blind. I have no outline. This is going to be in the raw. Can't believe I remembered the intro of what I normally say because I usually script that a little bit, at least have some cue cards. But yeah, we're just we're winging it, guys. We have some pretty cool topics to cover. We've been talking toys a lot, and we're, we're going to start off with a little bit of our toy buying habits, uh, talking a little bit about that. And then after that, we, we have kind of a little bit of a game for everybody. Um, <laughs> I, what do you, do you want to tell them what I, you want to call it? I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I don't have a name for it. Maybe maybe we'll have a competition for whoever comes up with the best name. Sure, but just to give everybody an idea before we get into it, yeah. we have some Kickstarters that may or may not have been funded in the past. Some of them are pretty old. I have not heard them yet, but a lot of these Kickstarters, they make videos. And so... <laughs> You know, with a platform like Kickstarter, anybody can make a Kickstarter. And so the quality ranges and the ability to promote and uh, explain their their upcoming project. Carl, you're giving them like this is way too much. You're making this sound like a like these are professional Kickstarter like these are shit shows. <laughs> okay. like, some of these are some of these are, are like straight up. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we'll you'll see. Okay, you'll see. well, I just want to kind of give everybody a little bit, the, since we don't have a name for it, uh, but it looks like uh, the current title is Kickstarter Shit Shows. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, I wanted to give everybody a little bit of a base. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on that a little further, but Noah had this idea. We've kicked around some ideas like this, but he figured out how we were going to get this done. And so we're going to have some audio and we're going to kind of comment on it. From their Kickstarters. So first, we've been having this idea where we discuss toy buying habits, particularly when we get really hot for something and we end up overpaying. And uh, I think it's something that we all run into. And if you don't, then you have some impulse control abilities that (laughs) most people don't have. So Noah, if you... You want to tell us a little bit about your thoughts? Sure. Uh, I think uh, most people can probably relate to someone getting their nostalgia hooks into you and you just wanting this toy or board game or what have you so much that maybe you don't pay attention as much to uh, what you're actually paying for it. And uh, maybe you overpay a little bit. So, I, I yeah, I just wanted to talk about maybe give some examples of when we did that 
because I'm sure that's something a lot of our listeners can relate to. And if you guys have examples, send them to us and maybe we'll read them out in a future episode. Carl, tell me, what is your biggest purchasing shame that nostalgia drove you to? You know, uh, I do have more control than I think I do because I I was kind of racking my brain on some of the things. And I'm sure there's something that after we record, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I spent way too much on that. But um, I usually pay market for whatever the item is unless I... Are you serious, Carl? Carl, we have this segment about... And you're just going to say, I usually pay market and I have all the self-control. No, no, no. I'm just (laughs) letting you know that I'm saying that I don't have a lot of things that I'm like, oh my God, I paid like double for. Sometimes the market rises really high and I can't wait for it to come down. So I'm just kind of prefacing that I don't have any like, oh my God, I paid way too much for this. But I know in recent memory, I'm trying to finish my uh, 10 back Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles toys, the the first 10 that came out in 1988. And I actually have finished it. What happened was I got almost all the way through and the prices rose quite a bit, one of which was the Rocksteady that used to be about $80 at the time that I was buying the other figures. And by the time I got around to it looking for a good price, I ended up having to pay $130 for it. And of course, maybe a year from now, that price won't be super relevant for everybody. It could be way higher. It could be way lower. I feel like there's a lot of product out there, but for some reason... Well, I know why. Thanks to Netflix and the toys that made us and a lot of buzz around the the toys, you know, you have NECA and Super 7 putting out really great nostalgic content for the Turtles. So I think all that is kind of creating this atmosphere where even if they weren't necessarily rare, they're getting expensive and everybody's around $100 plus. So the other thing that's related to it is that Splinter I paid too much for because he used to be like 50 bucks and I ended up paying 60 but people were wanting 80 to 100 um just recently so it's we're Carl. still paying dude you're still <laughs> dude <laughs> you're st- you're still the man of control. Maybe this isn't the segment for you. You pay $10 more. I'm talking about these, like, okay, I'm just going to say mine, all right? Uh, and then, give me an um, example. Uh, I'll think of some more maybe, stuff. Maybe we'll swing back around uh, in another episode when you can think a little bit more about how maybe you, you know, you're not upset at yourself for spending five extra dollars. Um. I spent almost <laughs> twice as much for that uh, Rocksteady. Okay, okay. So I feel like I know that Splinter was maybe not the best example, but it was related to the turtles. So that's why I... All right. Jesus. So... (laughs) What do you got for me? Yeah, so uh, maybe... I know you know, Carl. Maybe many of you also have figured out I'm a huge Games Workshop fan. Not necessarily the like Warhammer 40k, the Bass Battle games. Yeah. But uh, I love the universe. I love the art. And I loved the standalone board games that they released in the 90s. Huge fan of all of those. So I got it in my head that I had to buy a copy of Warhammer Quest. I had owned it in college, unpunched copy, still in shrink wrap. Oh, wow. And I had sold sold it. And I didn't get a whole lot of money out of it because Games Workshop wasn't doing gangbusters back then like they are right now. Yeah. 
well, when I purchased my second copy. So I went online and I was like, okay, let me look for another unpunched in shrink copy. Looked around, didn't see any. So I found the next best thing. It was this really pristine copy. A lot of the miniature still on sprues. It was $400. (laughs) And I was looking around and I couldn't find any that were even close to the condition. So I was like, well, $400 is a lot of money, uh, but I've been saving my pennies. Uh, I sold off some other stuff and I was like, ah, I'm going to buy it. Like I just had to buy it. I didn't do any research. I just was like, this is the copy I want. Yeah. Well, come to find out $400 is probably the most anyone's ever spent on a copy of Warhammer <laughs> Quest. <laughs> At least on eBay. <laughs> so the, when I'm, it goes a lot lower now. <laughs> it goes a lot lower now, especially for the condition of the copy I have. I mean, not a, a lot is relative. You can get it for like 200 to $300. Yeah, I definitely yeah. overpaid massively. Sure. Um, but I just got it in my head that I had to have a copy and I couldn't wait to, uh, to research. So yeah, that, that is my, probably the main story, but I feel like this is something that happens a lot, at least in my life. I don't have the iron control that you have, Carl. Well, you know, it's just, I don't know why I'm gifted with such patience on some things, but, uh, you know, uh, here's the thing. I think what's what the deal is, is that there hasn't been anything where I felt that overwhelming. I don't care. I'm going to buy it anyway, uh, even though I am a researcher, so I'm not going to buy something without researching, but I will pay too much relative to cost because I need to have it at that moment. See, I have a weakness for the 1989 Batman stuff, and I just know that that's... Oh, oh. Play the Batman jingle. Uh, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here we go. Batman, he's emotionally crippled. His parents are dead. That's why he wears bat ears on his head. Batman. There we go. So, <laughs> so bad. So uh, I just know that uh, my time is coming. And uh, I know we talked about the, uh, the NECA props that are coming out. They could literally charge me anything for those. And I'll probably buy them. And sure. I'm working on trying to get a cowl for display. So I <laughs> don't the, pretend like you're not going to wear it. Well, you know, with the long hair and beard, I don't really know if I can. I'm going to put it on my head for sure, but I'm not like going to walk around <laughs> with it. Uh, but I do want to get one for display. And I've been talking to a few people out there to just kind of get an idea. And they're expensive. Like, so my time's coming just because I haven't gone crazy. I've paid a lot for the 1992 movie poster for Batman returns. I actually got one from 92 when it was, uh, when it was out. So, uh, I could have got a repro for less. I don't remember what I paid for it, but I think it was like 50 bucks and I didn't do any research for that one. I didn't care. I was like 50 bucks sounds reasonable to me to have that poster. Cause I used to go to a video store. Have I told this story already? can't remember. No. Oh, here we go. Uh, My family went to a local video store back when those were a thing. Not only was it not a blockbuster, it was a mom and pop video store. And it was called Video Den. Fox's Video Den, I think. We would go and they behind the counter, they had like up and coming movies and, and, and new releases and stuff. And they had this poster up on the wall. And I was already a Batman fan as a child. So when I saw it, I was like, that's the coolest. It's just a pic. It's not the three heads. It's Batman, just him with his cape kind of flowy and kind of like an action pose. And it's just Michael Keaton. It says Batman Returns on it. And the it's just you get 
There's a little bit of like blue reflection on some of the black rubber. And it's just a beautiful shot. You guys should check out that poster and see what I'm talking about. But I remember it vividly and always wanting that. And when I saw it on eBay, I had to have it. It didn't matter. Like I, I rented my first place and I wanted to decorate and we had wall space finally. So I wanted to put up posters and I needed that poster. And that completed the little hole in my heart for never having that poster. And I know that I paid too much for it. But I don't care. <laughs> I love it. So that's there's my right. little story. How about that? Getting closer. All right. Well, <laughs> I think we can all I, I think a lot of people could relate to these little things. You know, different scales, different levels of expenditure, but I think <laughs> the collecting community, I I'd be surprised if there weren't other people who were like, Yeah, I've I've done that before. But you know, it is what it is. Money's fleeting. You can't take it with you. Um it's so, a tool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I would love to hear what other people have. If you guys want to write in and tell us uh, some of your overspends due to nostalgia where you just didn't give a shit and you had to have it, we'd love to share those with people. I'm sure there's some really good stories, better than what we have. <laughs> but um, And I would <laughs> I would actually say your snow speeder story in, in an earlier episode is a pretty good one. I know that you haven't purchased it yet, but you know you're going to get that snow speeder, uh, the Black Series one. I think that that's going to cause you right. to buy something you wouldn't have already. Well, it's all relative. It's almost two different things, right? Is it? It's purchasing things you w- don't need or don't want. Or, but then there's also like the overpaying because you're on fire to get it. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I don't think I'll be overpaying for the Snowspeeder relative to what it's re- going to retail for. But it is a ridiculous purchase just because I have nostalgia for it. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I think two camps of thought, but it feels like it's in the same lane. And that's yeah, where I tend is. to do yeah. it. I buy things that I wouldn't have I wouldn't have if I didn't have the nostalgia for it. But I mean, that's the whole point of it. A lot of it's nostalgia driven. So, anyway, share us your stories. We'll share it with uh with everyone else if they're really good. If they're not, then I won't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. The good stuff. Getting down to brass tacks, guys. <laughs> We're going to play a game with these uh Kickstarters. Kickstarter. guys all right so yeah i went trolling looking around for unique special kickstarter projects that i think would be a ton of fun to talk about i i had a lot of fun talking about the monolith debacle that's a popular episode too i don't know why i just uh, this is just a lot of fun talking about stuff like this so um i i pulled uh four kickstarters for us to talk about today and that i think are going to be a real a a lot of fun so the the first kickstarter uh i want to talk about is called cardinal super chess one and two hi i'm maureen thank you for watching my video i have two natural expansions to the classical game of chess (laughs) and a game board to accommodate them it's an expansion for chess (laughs) a chess expansion okay Come on, dude! Like, I mean, it's overdue, right? (laughs) Is it overdue? Chess has been around for uh, it's the game of kings. (laughs) Doesn't it need uh, a little more? It's a little, you know, it's a little boring now. You gotta, you gotta spice that game up. (laughs) And I'm just surprised, guys. I haven't heard any of this before, so everything you're getting from me is raw. This is all. Usually, you get raw takes and hot takes from Noah, but this is this is pure gold here. But I, I'm surprised that Simon hasn't 
you know, or come on, hasn't put anything <laughs> out with their expanding it or, uh, you know, I'm, I, I can't wait for restoration games to put out dark tower. They need to tackle this one. You imagine oh, yeah, the, the, the Kickstarter they put out anyway, but this lady, she's going for it. Maureen. Okay. Well, let me tell you a little, let me tell you a little bit about it. All okay. right. So, uh, this Kickstarter was from 2016. Well, it was actually on Indiegogo to be fair, but whatever. That's like fake Kickstarter. This game was in development since 1999. It's been around for a long time. Come on in and let me show you, and let's focus on strategy. Okay, so <laughs> so Maureen sounds like a really sweet lady, right? She's like, delightful, I mean, Midwest lady. Come on yeah, in. She sounds delightful, and in fact, I hope we can get her to say hi. My name's Maureen. Welcome to the Play with It podcast oh, someday. I think that would be amazing. Uh, this is but so great. yeah, so. They keep saying Cardinal Super Chess one and two are natural expansions to the game of chess. I'm not I'm not sure what like natural expansion means, but <laughs> that is kind of what <laughs> that's kind of what they're leaning on. Okay. And the expansions are kind of funny. Basically, what they did is they took a chessboard and they added two rows to all four sides, and then they added extra pieces, extra clergy pieces. And one of the parts, probably my fa- one of my favorite parts is how they chose the amount of new pieces to add. All the high-ranking pieces, rooks, knights, bishops, and cardinals, have been increased to three of each. The reason for the number three is because it is a prime number used throughout our world. (laughs) So, um, really good lesson on game design here. Use prime numbers found throughout our world. Yeah, it's a pretty good reason. What I'm surprised at, and maybe we'll get to it, is that she's just using already made pieces. Why didn't we customize? Oh, Why is there not a jester? We'll get to it. You don't even know what this Kickstarter is for yet. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. So just so we're we're all on the same page, Maureen's got this natural expansion. (laughs) Natural expansion. Natural expansion to chess. A a game overdue in my eyes for an expansion. Larger board and more of what we love about the pieces more pieces okay well to the power of three because three is a prime number. it is a prime number found everywhere sure the law of three guys all right yep okay next next so please play the next clip okay cardinal super chess one was test marketed in 1999 after a walmart evaluation by missouri southwest state university after investing twelve thousand dollars, I made a I made games Dude, in plastic hey, and in wood. Invested twelve. I sold the games online. Okay, <laughs> they invested twelve thousand dollars into this game so far. That's a lot of money on that's the natural a, expansion. That's, a, that's a lover of chess uh, that sees the opportunity and, here. So I was I impressed by the Walmart. Didn't catch who it was. That was, uh, I believe, Maureen's husband who actually invented uh, Cardinal Super Chess. Okay. I think Maureen is just the, the looks of the operation. She's the spokeswoman. To bring people in. Yeah, uh, exactly. He is the brains behind this. Okay, got it. That was the impression I got. I could be wrong. I don't want to make assumptions. Okay. Um, but, yeah. So, they did a Walmart eval in 1999 um, and then started selling them online because I'm guessing that didn't go well. Um <laughs> And uh, so this Kickstarter, what do you think this Kickstarter might be for, Carl? Uh, I'm assuming they're looking to fund the creation of the game and to produce it or to pitch it uh, to another company, I guess. I I don't know. But generally, Kickstarters are to fund the production of the game. 
Well, yeah. So on a, a bigger level, you're right. This Kickstarter is to fund the production of the game, but not through any traditional means you might think. It's not to uh, send it to a factory or like, you know, get a publishing partner. This Kickstarter is to pay for one metal mold to make one chess piece. <laughs> then they're going to buy the rest of the chess pieces and then do another Kickstarter to make another metal mold until they've made enough metal molds that then they can produce the game on their own. <laughs> okay. So hold on a second. <laughs> so when you say produce it on their own, they're never going to use a factory. They're just trying to make metal molds each time. And then, and right. then they'll make it in their, in their own home. Like they'll do their it goal, personally. Ultimate goal is to fund pr- making metal molds so they can produce this game on their own. So this Kickstarter, which... Uh, you know what? Why don't you try and guess how much this Kickstarter is trying to raise? You know it's to make a metal mold, which aren't aren't cheap. No, so I, you might have a. So so seeing how like you know miniature molds and stuff, uh, I have a little. I've heard whispers of it being, you know, like ten thousand dollars or five thousand dollars, depending on the complexity. And so I would say, mm-hmm. if they're only making one mold, it'd be between five and ten thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah, that seems reasonable that it might take five to $10,000 to make one metal mold for one chess piece. Sure. But in reality, according to this Kickstarter, it takes almost $45,000. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a big chunk of change. So they're really going for it. And I guess uh, once they make this one mold in this one piece, you know, each Kickstarter is probably going to have to be for around that much for each additional mold. <laughs> this is a long um, road. For yeah. these guys. So these seem like really nice folks. Uh, I don't ever want to come from a place where we're just like trashing people to trash people. They have a dream. They're trying to get their dream made. And they got really close. How much money do you think this Kickstarter made and how many backers? Oh, so you know, a $40 pledge level will get you one copy of the game. So with that in mind. Okay. Do they have a delivery date? Uh, I like an believe estimate. they do. April 2016. So and when, when was this they, put out? I believe the Kickstarter says that they need about a three-month lead time. So they three months to deliver the game to the backer. Yep. But they're only making one mold. So they're buying the rest of the pieces. Oh, that's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, okay. So back to your, you had a question on how much it got funded, right? Yeah. I, I want you to tell me out of their... $45,000 request. I'd like to know how much you think they made and how many backers they had. What what was the minimum uh pledge to to go forward? Was it the $45,000? $40 got you a copy of Cardinal Super Chess sure. 2. You were saying that the floor was the 45,000. They're hoping for more, but that's that would make it a successful campaign, right? The 45,000. Right. Yeah. I feel like we're getting bogged out in the math here. No, I, I just all, I, all I'm asking I is making sure that I'm understanding <laughs> that's that's the minimum amount for this to be a successful pledge. I want to be yep. an optimist and say they made the forty five thousand dollars. Oh wow, yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, I think they would be really ecstatic if that had happened. <laughs> zero dollars, zero backed. <laughs> okay. So did, hold on. Didn't exactly work. Didn't exactly work out for him. <laughs> no. So what I'm thinking is you should have at least gotten some friends. What ha- what happened to the guy that put in $12,000? Was that the husband? They had done yeah, that with that their own money? Yeah, he, that, they were out of money. They couldn't buy. Any. Okay. 
Damn. copies for themselves. I think. All right. Yeah. So didn't quite make it, but I thought their, uh, you know, I thought their dreams and ambitions were really inspiring. And the thank you at the end of their video was awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Please join me to meet me with my startup goal. This includes my presentation. <laughs> so didn't so quite much. stick Thank the you. landing there. Okay. But uh <laughs> I appreciate them telling me that it was the end of the presentation. Well, and uh, I don't know if you caught it, but he said, please join me to meet me with my startup goal. This includes my presentation. Okay. <laughs> so didn't quite stick the landing That's there. Right. I just thought that was kind of funny. Uh, I think that this is probably their first attempt. And I kind of yeah. hope that they maybe they manage their expectations because you know anybody can make a Kickstarter. They don't take fees until you actually are funded. If you don't, the money goes back. So if they were shy, if they made forty four thousand dollars, they wouldn't have funded. So their goal was yep. ambitious, and I think they need to ask around to see if they could get a mold made a little less. You know what I mean? That's, I could uh, make someone it. taking them for a ride. <laughs> yeah. Those are the real criminals. I could make them a silicone mold for four bucks. <laughs> I know. You should actually reach out and say, if you guys need this made, just to at least have a copy for yourself, uh, we would do it for you. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. I will try and reach out to them. <laughs> All right. The, these these are sweet people, and uh, I think that they just uh, – they're excited about it, and uh, I'm sorry that – you know, reality can, oh. can really mess with dreams. Boy, Carl, you're already starting to feel bad. Uh, <laughs> we've got three more to go, buddy. Okay. Well, I'm hoping that someone's a douche nozzle so that I can uh, really rip into them. Uh, but these people were nice. so. Uh, but uh, I love it. This is great. Uh, All right. Yeah, we got another so, one, right? We do have another one. Hello, everyone. My name is Nathaniel Malley, and this is an introduction video about my Kickstarter and what I'm trying to accomplish with my Kickstarter. So this Kickstarter, the one that I'm making this video for right now, is actually a Kickstarter to get me to another Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So. All right. So, so I don't know what he's making. I don't know what he's proposing other than, if I understand correctly... This is a Kickstarter for a Kickstarter. Yep. So we'll find out what the second Kickstarter will be about here shortly. Okay. But just the idea of running a Kickstarter to fund another Kickstarter is hilarious to me. I don't know why, but... Sometimes you you got to crawl before you can walk. And I think this guy yeah. gets it. This might actually be... <laughs> Wait, little... you're, you're thinking this is a good idea? No, no. I'm making a joke. Uh, well, oh, I don't okay, know. Okay. Well, I, I don't know enough to judge this. But uh... Here, let's play the next clip. This will kind of give us an idea of what that second Kickstarter is going to be all about. All right, here we go. The other Kickstarter that I'm trying to get to is really the Kickstarter that's going to be the Kickstarter that do the backing to really propel the production of this product. And that product is a board game. Okay, so it's a board game. Okay. That was a long-winded way to say this is a Kickstarter to get me to be able to afford to have a board game Kickstarter. Exactly. And so just so you know, a little information. This video is 15 minutes long, and uh, it doesn't really get much clearer at any point that I could tell. (laughs) Okay. Did you watch all 15 (laughs) minutes? But, you know... 
pretty simple, right? Like the second one is going to be a board game, right? That's pretty simple. Okay. Should be pretty easy to get off the ground. Yeah. Yeah, it's much more than a board game. Uh, it's actually a board game from a title that's tied to a lot of lore and content that I've been developing. And I don't want to go into, I can't really give you the title or the content. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. <laughs> Now I think uh, I'm losing faith in this. He doesn't want to tell you the name of the board game, but he needs money for the board game Kickstarter. At no point does he give any details about what the second Kickstarter will even be about. He can't tell you. He wants money to hire lawyers for copyright, and he wants hopes that people will just uh, support him enough to want to do that for him. You know what? You know what? Right on. Way to change the game. <laughs> That's right. Jerks. I got a soundboard. That's perfect. Right on. Way to change the game. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this guy is really doing it. Um, so how much money do you think he asked for for this pre-Kickstarter Kickstarter? There's no more audio clips for this, so I, I'm really gonna have to just rely on. Uh, I don't know. Uh, b- board games are usually anywhere from like 50k to to 100k. Remember, this isn't to fund a board game. Right. This is to fund the Kickstarter for a board game. So to fund the Kickstarter, what goes into making the Kickstarter that he's hoping? So we don't know though. So, so I don't well, know. A yeah, couple he grand. He, he wants lawyers to help copyright everything. He wants money just to, uh, I'm sure, to do like some introductory graphics and things like that. Okay. So his board game Kickstarter is really fancy. And, and I will say that, uh, especially these days, a lot goes into making board game Kickstarters. I haven't done it myself, oh, yeah. but you have to have everything laid out and ready to go. Even though you reveal a little bit at a time to keep interest, there's so many graphics it's a whole it's a campaign right so you're literally like hey elect me spend your money here they're very flashy uh i know that you and i were talking about one it wasn't board game related but it had like a 3d model that was spinning so you could see the product that phone case that you Mm -hmm. showed me uh oh yeah uh but anyway Um, yeah it's an investment to run a kickstarter and ask for money for sure there is some spend involved yeah so that's Um, what i'm saying it's not free so okay i'm gonna go with Three to five thousand dollars to really okay. drive it home with lawyers and stuff. There's some fees. Super close, dude. Super close. You're getting pretty good at this. Okay. Uh, almost twenty three thousand dollars. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know if that's close. That feels a little a little bit of distance. I mean, between so, zero and infinity dollars, I was closer. I guess it's all relative. <laughs> so the pledges for this Kickstarter. You don't even get a copy of this game we know nothing about until you pledge $100. How much do you think this Kickstarter made? Just to backtrack a little bit, you're saying that the pledge, what do you get for the $100 that you pledge? Nothing? You get nothing? Uh, no, a thank you and a copy of the game for the, from the second Kickstarter. Okay, okay. So you're, you're pre-ordering as you know, boots on the ground, uh, angel investor type of thing. Okay. I mean, could this even be called pre? This is like pre-pre-ordering. It, it is. You, it is. It's a pre-order, but at least you get the game. I was worried you wouldn't get anything, but a thank you, or maybe he's making merch or something. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, back to your question: How many backers? How how much did it go for? How many backers? I only think he got a thousand dollars, and maybe like 
however many backers ends and ends up being like <laughs> 10 backers, a thousand dollars. You have so much faith. That's one of the things I love about you. Um, <laughs> $140, one backer. <laughs> okay. So probably I was might being be optimistic. Mom. I still was being pre- managed my expectations. I wanted those <laughs> other people to succeed so bad. And my guess was irrelevant. So I wanted to say, they made it all. This guy, it's I don't even tar- know what the game is. So I, I don't have the emotional <laughs> investment in this guy. It's hard to ex- succeed when you literally are showing nothing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's just no content. But uh, yeah, uh, let's move on to the next one. This one is a real treat. Real treat. The game is called Dominoker. Sure. This will kind of explain what Dominoker, who the creator is, and what the game is all about. Hi, Kid Starter. My name is Alberto Fernandez. I'm the president of IQ Dominos Corp. After surviving a car accident on 2009, I was amputated from my left leg and I became a disabled person. What can I do? Well, to stay motivated, I began to play alone at home Dominos game. After three years of very hard training, the results are incredible. This is a poker, this is a domino. Together, we got a dominoker. Dominoker game. Enjoy. There's a lot to unpack here. Uh, yes. I'm going to give you my raw my raw take on this. Okay. Very inspiring music behind it. There's oh, yeah. excitement building. It almost feels like, like a motivational speaker intro. It is motivational. Yeah. He lost his leg. And spent that time recovering to to build a game. I legit think that that's cool. I'm not making fun of it. Oh, that. yeah, for sure. Go ahead and tell me what what is this about. So, yeah, the gentleman lost his leg and used his recovery time to invent a game called Dominoker, which combines poker and dominoes, which is... <laughs> so, it's um, the peanut butter and jelly of games, for sure. Yeah, so... Play play the next clip. It'll it'll explain a little bit what Dominoker is all about. Okay, how it kind of works. All right, cool. By the way, I don't play either games, so I don't know. Yeah. Even, you're gonna need some help on this. Here. There might be things I make fun of that make sense to someone who plays dominoes, but okay. Dominoker is played as domino and scored as poker. In order to make the game different, we've changed the image of the dominoes from those commonly found in poker, linking functions of the brain like the attachment of images and recognizing of patterns. All right, so, so now, uh, just a little reaction. Uh, I, we got a voiceover artist here. Oh, yeah. Uh, spent a lot with of money the powerful this music. This is, uh, and I kind of get the concept, but go ahead and walk us through it. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, so they take dominoes and they put poker suits on them, basically. They replace the plain dots with poker suits. Okay, so you have like that hearts sounds, and all that, and, but the same yep. amount of dots dominoes would have, but they're no longer dots. They are the poker suits. Okay, got it. Yeah, that makes sense to me, just that. But then they, they kind of explain why they did it, and I think that's kind of where it goes off the rails. I don't know if you caught this, but the last thing the guy said was, they changed the dominoes to those commonly found in poker, linking function to the brain like the attachment of images and recognizing patterns. Uh, I don't think that sentence makes any fucking sense. <laughs> they definitely <laughs> threw in some signs at the end there, and I, I glazed <laughs> over. I don't. Uh, there's yeah. some, a lot of assumptions being made there. There's some more science to come. I googled just to make sure I wasn't being super ignorant. I can't find anywhere where this makes any sense. But you know what? Science is fun. So I'm pretty excited about Dominoker so far. All right. Yeah. No, I'm 
I might uh, be in. Yeah. The, you know, the quality of this video, with, you got the voiceover guy, you got the, the heartfelt story, you got the powerful music behind it. The production value speaks pretty highly of the quality that you may get with the game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So kind of explaining a little more why Dominoker is so much fun and uh, why it works. It was found within the game's dynamics, the proven existence of the law of mathematical physics, which establishes a relationship between structure and time unrelated to mathematical probabilities, thus has been defined as the law of relativity and balance. Wait, what? <laughs> the law of relativity. Yeah, exactly. The law of relativity and balance isn't a thing that I could find. <laughs> it shows the men that what it, play it again. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Play uh, we need to unpack this. I don't even really know. Well, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> we thought they were going to dip their toe into the science, but we went, we fell right off the diving board into the pool of freezing water. I don't know what's going on. Hold on a second. All right, so we're going to play this again. It was found within the game's dynamics, the proven existence of the law of mathematical physics, which establishes a relationship between structure and time, unrelated to mathematical probabilities. Hold on a second. We might have to do this in little yeah. bits. <laughs> yeah. So, so they, they discovered the law of mathematical probability that shows the relationship between structure and time. Un- unrelated to structure no- and time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. When they were testing the game, they they realize this piece right here. Which establishes a relationship between structure and time unrelated to mathematical probabilities. Oh, unrelated to mathematical probabilities. You're right. There's relationships between structure and time unrelated to that. I misunderstood. Okay, <laughs> this is why we're doing this. And, and then the, the other piece here. Thus has been defined as the law of relativity and balance. Law of relativity and balance in this find. game. We know the law of relativity. There is no law of relativity and balance that I could find. Please, if there's any people smarter than me out there that say I'm wrong and this all makes sense, let me know. But even if this makes perfect sense, which I doubt it does, this is a crazy thing to put into a a Kickstarter video about (laughs) a game. It got really heavy really quick. So Dominoker is cool. They want to touch a little bit on the solo part of Dominoker. Okay, so you have Um, solo play, and then we're going to hear a little bit about that. Dude, solo play, yeah. Dominoker also offers you the ability to play by yourself, bringing entertainment and training while accomplishing high performances with a novel game. For this, we've created a special rotating table where the player can train and play individually, pretending to be four players at the same time. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. So they've they've developed a table. That you are all four players and it you spins, it spins, yeah. There is no solo play. Wait a second. Just pretend to be all four players. So <laughs> with a spinning table, they literally built a custom spinning table that is available through this Kickstarter that you spin instead of <laughs> so you can play all four sides. So hold on. So so I could see how what the brain thought was. Well, like the path. Yeah, I, I, me too. If I played Dominoker, I wouldn't have any friends either. <laughs> okay, so solo play is a big feature in a lot of Kickstarter games. And it, it actually increases sales very often because you have these people buying these $100 games and then they have to wait to have like two to four players or more oh, yeah. to be able to play it. So having solo play, and we're solo play gamers at times as well. Oh, yeah. So definitely. so I get that we need to have that feature. 
And then they then the next thought is like, well, how do you without impacting the gameplay too much? What do you do? Well, you play dominoes as all four players. Okay, well, but no one's gonna get up because the the board doesn't move. You're laying these tiles down that are they're not even boards. You're not gonna move everything around to play. So how do we make it so that you can sit and play all four players in one spot without making it a problem? And they figured it out, guys. You have a table that you're going to be able to get, I assume, through through the Kickstarter, right? Yep. Okay. Oh, yeah. You can purchase mm-hmm. this table, and it will spin the board for you so that you can play all four sides. It's genius. Listen, so it's part genius, part stupid. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I mean, it looks cool. It's a custom-made table for this game. But the fact that there's solo play is you just pretend to be the other players. There is no real solo play. Yeah. Maybe that is how it is in dominoes. But if that like if there's some sort of solo play dominoes where you just pretend, that's dumb too. <laughs> like That's not real. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a square know. peg round hole situation. It shouldn't be. A, there shouldn't be a solo um, play. I just want to get my really nice. I just wanted to map out. I understood where they were coming from, but I don't think sure. they realized the ludicrousy that that really is. And they're trying to solve a problem, and I think it just needs to be a multiplayer game. You just can't uh, do it. You got to check out the link. I mean, this table is legit. It's like a legit plastic table. It has cup holders and like places to hold your die, and then it spins around like a top. So <laughs> That's great. Um, but, you know, that's not even the best part that I like about this Kickstarter. Well, that is the best part. But one part I really <laughs> like, they have a training manual you can buy to give your friends and family to help them learn Dominoker. This training manual is like maybe an inch and a half thick and hardback. What? And they show, yeah, they show videos of it, which is hilarious of its on its own. And then also the best part is part of the Kickstarter will fund an online competition league. And... In the video, uh, they say, oh, we're going to fund an online competition league where play and winning will lead to prizes. And they show two pictures of prizes. What sort of prizes would you expect for winning a game of Dominoker on an online competition league? Usually a money prize. Right. Give me give me a range, a quick range of like, well, hey, I won Dominoker. It depends on how many people play, right? But let's say this game... They, oh, are we going to say local level? Is this like a local level type of thing? Is that what we're thinking? It's a, it's it's an online competition, so everyone online. across the world could be a part of this competition. Oh, okay, so with all those, like, I, I think you're going to make, I don't know, $1,000 if you win? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, the pictures they show are of a Ferrari and a house. What? <laughs> so they're, impl- they're implying that their online competition league will give away houses and Ferraris. Uh, I think I'm into the wrong game. I know, right? Uh, So if you get through the training manual and you get really good, I feel like you deserve the Ferrari, right? Yeah, right. And you're doing the work of four people uh, because you're playing the game. (laughs) So you're going to be four times as good. You know what's great is that you can't lose if you're playing solo mode with uh, all four. I didn't even think about that. They missed a marketing trick there. It's the game you can't lose. <laughs> yeah, they really messed up on that. Uh, all right, uh, so let's get down to brass tacks on this. What, uh, did uh, it get funded? It did not get funded. 
they asked for eighty thousand dollars. Eighty thousand isn't ter- like yeah, that's not terrible. Yeah, that's in realm. Um, they only had seven backers and four hundred and seventy-two dollars in pledges. Four hundred and seventy-two dollars. <laughs> so, um, okay. Yeah. Well, how many uh, backers? It ends with this. Uh, seven. Seven. Okay. So, yeah, his family. Uh, not. Yeah, but think about it though. If you backed and there was only like two hundred backers, your odds are really good. If you play on that online competition league, you're going to win a house. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Been a good investment. Absolutely, it's like uh, no one playing the raffle. <laughs> Just put all your tickets in the different bin. You're going to win. So, but right. this video is incredible. This gentleman clearly spent a lot of money. There's shots of like families running in all white and like. Uh, you know, the great music, like there's clearly some production that went together. And then the video ends on a Steve Jobs quote, um, which I, <laughs> I thought, I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, and I just want to point out that this game does show the proven existence of the law of mathematical physics. So if <laughs> just in case anyone is trying to prove the law of mathematical physics, this game will help you do that. So that's Dominoker. That's fantastic. All right, I think we got one more for <laughs> yeah. you guys. Yeah, one more. Final one. My name is Danny Waxter. I came up with a board game. Let's go Krabby. All right. Here, here, hold on. This is actually a much better, like, we've already seen some variety of intros. This is straight to the point. He told you his name. No, 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 no. I cut out 40 seconds of techno music from the beginning of this. Oh. <laughs> so, no, it's it's not straight to the point. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well. Uh, <laughs> fair, okay. All right, but uh, so it's called uh, Let's Go Crabbing. Yeah, so maybe we're not off to a great start, but if you ever want to buy a board game about crabs, you want it to be from this guy, because you can tell by that Maryland accent, he knows crabs. Yeah, all right. Danny has a lot of motivations for why he created Let's Go Crabbing. So why don't we listen to this little clip that kind of explains the motivations behind this board game. Okay. The reason why, when I was a child and I grew up around the water, when I got out of school for the summer, I was messing around the water, throwing chicken necks overboard. Then I decided to go out and go to work on the water and go crabbing for money. That was during my childhood time. And I went out to learn about the crabbing. So I was out with a friend of mine and I told him that I wanted to come up with a board game. And I did. <laughs> so that's the story of how this game Let's Go Crabbing came to existence. So this is clearly an adult that has yes. uh, fond memories of playing in the water uh, How many times do you think he said water in that? Clip? It was a water. few times. There are some drinking like games uh, <laughs> that I think we're going to need to play with some of these. Uh, water and let's go crabbing. And also the word Kickstarter, not just in this episode, but in the Kickstarter for Kickstarters. I feel like there's a drinking <laughs> game in that as well. How many times do you say Kickstarter? So, okay, but back to this one. He's got a love and a passion for the crabbing. Uh, he's got yeah. firsthand knowledge. It's not like, oh, I read about it. It's fascinating. This guy is lucky. Oh, sure. It. Yeah, and that's why I said, if you were going to buy a crab board game, you'd want it to be from this guy. He knows what he's talking about. But I just love that the story of how it came about was I grew up 
liking crabs. He worked with crabs. And then he told his friend, I'm going to make a board game. And then he did. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Uh, yeah. It's good. So uh, this was posted in 2012. Okay. Um, and one of the thing I liked about this Kickstarter is you don't actually get the game until you pledge a hundred dollars. Wow. And this game, if you look at it, it's very, very simple. <laughs> it looks like a, a stripped down Candyland, if you can even believe it. Okay. Yeah. It's, it, it's probably not worth a hundred dollars, but some of the pledge levels are really fun. So like if you pledge $25, you get a thank you note and a quarter pound edible chocolate candy crab. Whoa. So that's kind of cool. If you pledge $250, you get a a half pound edible chocolate crab and a t-shirt plus two first one copies of the game. So, hey, that's kind of that's kind of cool. But if you pledge $500, you get a three quarter pound edible chocolate crab t-shirt, three copies of the game, plus a half bushel of steamed Maryland blue crabs to your door. Whoa. What if you're and in California? A- that could get expensive. That actually might be pretty val- uh, a good value. It may be. And then if you pledge a thousand, you get a pound edible chocolate crab, three copies of the game, a t-shirt, and then one entire bushel of Maryland blue crabs plus a dozen frozen crab cakes. Oh my lord! <laughs> so this guy is all about crabs. He's he might he's a crab people. Actually, be a crabber, you think? And then he they're his <laughs> bushels, you think? That's what I'm thinking. Oh, maybe. So like little, he's got he's got the inside scoop on him because he might actually be fishing them. Yep, exactly. All right. Um, so th- this is a roll to move game. Kind of, it's very much like a candy lane. You just move around, and it's all very random. There's no strategy involved whatsoever. Okay. But uh, it does have like legit art, though. The art does look like it was from 1970. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so it's pretty well put together. But how much do you think? Danny is asking to make let's go crabbing. Well, he's got to afford all those crabs, all the, uh, even if he's fishing them, it's a lot of time, uh, sweat equity. And the games are kind of expensive. Man, I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, maybe he's asking for like 80,000. Hey, you know, I like what you did there, but Danny's only asking for 35,000. He's, he's a reasonable man. Okay. And so of that, of that 35,000, he made $81 and had five backers. didn't quite make it (laughs) looks like we got a couple other uh clips here or at least one oh maybe there's a duplicate (laughs) oh yes should should we go and play it yeah go for it i just i kind of wanted to make this a drop so oh all right uh i'm gonna play it though we caught two crabs and we add them to our basket (laughs) (laughs) okay Is there, is there two? We caught two crabs, and we add them to our basket. So I, I'm guessing that came from the instructional piece of the video. Yeah, and, and, and it's fantastic. There's a lot of... <laughs> the player on the screen rolls a four, but then the voiceover says, but if he'd rolled a one, then this would have happened. <laughs> it doesn't match the video. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Do you draw any cards, or is it literally only the board game pieces? You do- you draw cards, so Let's Go Crabbing does have several cards, so you know how many crabs you got. It's got four baskets that you try and fill. Actually, the cra- cards don't tell you how many crabs you got. There's a spinner. So even more, the, to even decrease strategy. the amount of strategy, yeah. you actually spin a spinner to know how many crabs you got. 
uh, to be honest, I didn't pay much attention to how this game works. That's okay. But... No, that's all I wanted to know. We don't need to go into <laughs> yeah. it didn't get funded. Or we are not <laughs> obligated to explain a game that doesn't exist. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to know because I'm just getting a feel. You're talking about Candyland, but even some of the more simpler games have like a you're drawing cards that affect the game. And it sounds like he at least had that. So, uh, all did. right. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry that it didn't work out for him, but, uh, Hey Danny, if, if you're listening to this dude, live your dream. You're a crab man. I respect that. There aren't a lot of crab men in the world, I imagine. So, uh, good on you for trying to bring crabs to the masses. Absolutely. He missed an opportunity <laughs> so, though to call it. I got crabs. But he didn't name it. I got crabs. But I, I uh, bet there, you that was like, I can't use that. This is a children's game. Well, there are some other. If you listen to the video, there might be some better clips to pull where it might imply that we got crabs. All right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? Thank you for joining me on this, Carl. I, I thought this was fun. I hope you enjoyed it. This was a great ride. We're going to have to probably make this a segment going forward. This was kind of more of like a deluxe. I can imagine doing one or two of these in an yeah. episode. Uh, but guys, let us know uh, we're piloting it. And uh, I think it went pretty well. I had a great time. Noah clearly had a good time putting this together. It took a lot of work to kind of coordinate it. But I think it really paid off. So let us know how you like it. Uh, email us. We'll get a jingle going. Also, if... If you guys have any Kickstarters you might like us to take a look at, you can email it to the email. What's the email, Carl? Mail at playwithitpodcast.com. That's a great idea. Yeah, and make the subject for Noah's eyes only so Carl doesn't look so we can continue to keep the surprise going. That's a good point. Yeah, send us ones that you think that would be really good to uh, to discuss. We generally want the ones that maybe didn't quite make it that has something oh, unique to talk any, about. I don't want to even peg hole it. If there is one that you think will be hilarious to talk about, let us know. Yeah, good point. Actually, it's even better if it made it, right? Yeah. <laughs> like there's uh, if there's a market for uh, it, like capitalism wins. Like it it's sold. Carl, I have about five, six more in the pipe that I'm so excited. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, awesome. I love this. I'm ready. I'm ready for more. All right, guys, you're gonna get more, but I would like to know how you like it. And if there's anything we can do to tweak it as we go forward. So, but that's it for this episode. Thanks for joining us on this ride. I'm flying blind with nothing in front of me. So I'm going to see if I can remember everything. Email us mail at playwithitpodcast.com. We are on all the platforms for this podcast, Apple podcasts, Spotify. We're actually getting a lot of listens on Pandora, which I didn't even know we were on. So I probably signed up for it and forgot. So we're on Pandora. Stitcher, all the other good stuff. So check us out. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps our ratings. Put in a little positive text review there, just saying that you liked it. Huge help. I think that's pretty much all. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is Play With It Podcast Show. And Twitter, we're on Play With It Pod. Uh, We're pretty active on there. We're building a little bit of a community there. So come on and join in. Uh, thank, thanks again for listening, everyone. I love you guys. I love you, Carl. Carl's. Uh, in case you guys can't tell, Carl and I are uh, pretty close. We're. I would say we were best friends, though I have multiple best friends, just so <laughs> no one else gets upset. That's fine. <laughs> um, but uh, we really did kind of make this podcast like as a way to hang out and have fun, and like people 
listening and getting involved is like a really sweet bonus to that. And uh, thank you for everyone that has been taking part and listening. It uh, it means a lot. And I love you guys. And I love Carl. Thanks. Play with it. Mm-hmm.